Father, I pray that we put our hope and trust in you. And your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And that's what we do, Father. I pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, I've kidded around with Karen for years that uh, I felt like I ought to write a book. And the name of the book is going to be, I Missed That Day at Seminary. And I think about all those different events that uh, I encounter thinking, I must have missed that day at seminary. I have no idea what to do. Today is one of those days. However, while I do uh, make some jest about that, one thing that seminary taught me, and I learned it long before I went to seminary, but it was put uh, into practice at seminary, is that our hope is in God and God alone. Proverbs 23, verse 4 is going to be the driving verse for our prayer needs that we're going to have you uh, send in in a few moments. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid for you are with me. Think about this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, and this is one of those seasons we're not sure what all is going to happening around us, but even being surrounded by uncertainty, it says, I will not be afraid because you are with me. And that is our goal as a church is to say that Jesus Christ matters. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I heard it put this way. Honestly facing your sovereignty over your life. Think about this. Honestly facing your lack of sovereignty over your life produces anxiety or peace. Anxiety is God forgetting. Peace is God remembering. It rests in a relief that although it may not look like it, your life is under the careful control of the one who created it all. When life is out of your control, it's not out of his control. Or Dr. Dwayne Brooks put it this way, all our fears are caused by calculating without God. So we'd like for you to write in your prayer request. You can send it to office at newcovchurch.org, office at newcovchurch.org. Send in your prayer requests. We will uh, send our focal verse, Psalm 23, 4, that God is with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we'll pray that God will meet all of your needs for sure. Uh, but even more than that, we want to make sure that you're putting your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. So let me pray for us in this uncertain season and pray that people will experience the presence of God. Father, I pray that you would use this season to draw people to you. Thank you that this is not a surprise to you. And even though we live in a fallen world, you have said that you'll never leave us. You will not forsake us. You will always be with us that we can count on you. Father, for those who are ill, not just in our nation, but all over the world, I pray that you would bring healing to them even as we pray right now. And Father, I pray for those who are working on researching a vaccine. God, give them insight. Give them wisdom. Give them knowledge beyond their age and education. God, we pray for our health care workers, uh, for uh, the doctors and nurses and PAs and those that are in the health care industry. Protect them. Give them insight. Give them wisdom. Give them energy. Give them stamina. And Father, I pray uh, for our country. I pray for those in leadership, those who are leading our task force, Uh, forces. God, I pray that you would give them godly wisdom. And Father, we pray that what the evil one would love to cause chaos and fear uh, for us to be fear-driven. Father, may we put our hope and trust in you that you would even cause these situations that have happened 
that you would cause them to work together for good, that we'd put our hope and trust in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you. Thank you that you loved us first. And because of that, we are able to love others around us. And Father, may everything that we do be driven by our our love for you and what you have done for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for worshiping with us. Uh, It's an, an unusual season, without a doubt. Uh, but nothing changes in terms of our desire to love God and to pursue God. And we're praying that God will use even our home uh, meetings uh, to really raise the level of our awareness of God and our need for Him. One of the things that we wanted to do, uh, we are putting out a prayer guide. Today is National Day of Prayer. And we have a prayer guide that should be uh, sent out to you uh, that you can click on. And it's by Daniel uh, Henderson. And uh, it is an amazing read through Psalm 33. And here's what I would like for you to do, either as a family, that you would take the Psalm 23, and it just works your way through in different ways to pray through it, to pray for our country, to pray for our leaders, to pray for our world, and allow Scripture to drive us. And so we will use Psalm 33. Use that in terms of uh, a home for your family to spend this entire week together. There will be more time spent together. You don't have to work your way all through it all in one setting. Uh, but let that drive uh, the, what you do with your family. And then uh, small groups that meet together, those that are comfortable meeting together. Uh, I know our small group tonight, as we meet, we'll work our way through the Psalm 33 and other groups that meet and are comfortable with that. Uh, we're going to, again, allow the passage to drive us. So that's going to be uh, a downloadable for you and uh, an amazing read. I think you'll be so glad you took that. Uh, if you uh, have your Bible, I want to be sure you use your Bibles, and uh, we're going to be using Acts chapter 2. I'll give you a moment to find that and as I uh, set up where we're going. And this is not any news to anyone here at New Cove. If you've been here for more than a week, you know that our desire is to do whatever it takes to reach people who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ, to introduce them to the hope that is found in Jesus Christ alone and then help them become fully devoted followers of Christ. And for the last 35 years, that has been the driving force for New Cove, and that hasn't changed at all. Over the last uh, year and a half, we've been meeting with a consultant who has been uh, just doing some observations of our church, finding a few areas, uh, some areas that uh, have moved into maintenance mode, and that is not acceptable for us. Because the world needs to know Jesus. Your neighbors need to know Jesus. My neighbors need to know Jesus. And we want to help them develop in terms of their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're making some changes, uh, considering some intentional adjustments, driven certainly by biblical principles, uh, to make sure that we reach the generation coming behind us, the next generation, a younger generation who desperately needs Jesus. Times are changing, and so... We need to figure out uh, the best way for us to come alongside people who are overcommitted and under-resourced in their time and energy, and uh, so we want to do everything we can. Uh, There's more information coming to you about that, but there are three things that we are doing as we uh, have been called to reach the next generation with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so there are three things that we are going to be relentlessly pursuing these three things, and you will hear them over and over and over again, and we feel so good about it and feel like this is exactly where God has us and wants us. And those three things that we're going to be relentless in pursuing are genuine faith, 
authentic relationships, and meaningful impact. Genuine faith, authentic relationships, and meaningful impact. We believe if we are focused on those things, wherever we go, whatever we do, let that be the lens by which we live our lives and embrace the people around us, uh, that we are going to be able to take the name of Jesus uh, further than ever before. Last week, we talked about genuine faith, which is in Christ alone. Bottom line, we're going to be pushing people to have vertical faith, not horizontal faith. Our tendency is to put our hope and trust in other people or other things, in situations to change around us. And we are saying that is not it. There's not numerous ways into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but there's only one way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so that is what genuine faith is. It is faith in Christ alone. We said this last week, and we would, I want to say it again, and you'll hear it again. You and I must not underestimate the significance of where God has us today. And especially uh, with the coronavirus going on, the world is up in, 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 turned upside down at this point. And w- as we are careful to try to uh, uh, come along society and not be part of the problem but part of the solution, the ultimate goal is that we reach out to the people around us. And so uh, part of our comment today is we're going to look at uh, what it um, uh, means to enter into meaningful relationships with others. We'll talk about this. But I don't want you to underestimate that God knows exactly where you are. He has placed you exactly where he wants you. And I share that because God wants to do something in us and through us. And right now, God didn't bring us this far to leave us where we are. We have got to be a church. And when I say the word church, let me remind you, that I'm talking about, you and I are the church. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you're a follower of Jesus, you are what is called the called out ones, called out of horizontal faith and called into vertical faith. And so as the church, as you and me, we've got to be a a kind of people where people around us are seen, they're valued, they're known, and they're loved. And so that leads us from genuine faith into authentic relationships, which I think is interesting that that is the passage we were going to be on for this Sunday anyway. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The followers of Jesus devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Bottom line, they chose community. Think about this. Community is a choice. Authentic relationships is a choice. And they chose community. They decided that they would come together, that they hung out together. In other words, they had refrigerator rights. And, And so that is what we desire more than anything else, is that we enter into not just a surface relationship with the people around us, but that we enter into their deep lives where they have refrigerator rights with us, and I have refrigerator rights with them. Now, notice in that passage, it says they devoted themselves. And I think that's an interesting word, and it means to be exclusively committed. Think about this. They were exclusively committed. It was their 
orientation of their life. It was their point of reference around four practices. And that's what we want to challenge all of us to embrace today. That we would have a, our point of reference. That we would be exclusively committed to four things. The first one is to the apostles' teaching. In other words, they, were decide, they made a decision that Scripture matters and Scripture will be the driver for them. They look at what, what does God's Word say, align their lives to that. Hebrews 4.12, listen to this, for the Word of God, it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, it cuts between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Notice what it does. It exposes our attitudes. It exposes what really is our driver. It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. Scripture engagement is so important. We talk about this. In fact, the more Scripture that you're familiar with, the more God can speak to you. And this is a no-brainer, but God has never brought to mind, for me, has never brought to my mind a Scripture I've never read. And so the more I read, the more I engage with Scripture, the more God can point me and get me on track if I happen to go off track, to check out my motives, check out uh, my attitudes of why I'm doing certain things, why I'm not doing certain things. And this is what the power of Scripture. God did not give us a Bible simply to read through, but to read through with intent to apply to our lives. So every week when we meet together in small groups, when we come together as a large body, we always say, open your Bible. What does God's Word have to say? Francis Chan said this, and I uh, quoted him last week. He said, the stories in Scripture are meant to show us that there exists something of greater value than our existence and our rights. It helps us to realize that we're accountable to God, not accountable to ourselves. And so every week at the end of a message, we talk about our next response. What is our response going to be? And we always have a you version option. And we have uh, one of those again that you'll see on, on the message notes that engages. And all, interestingly enough, as I looked at the you version yesterday and looking at different reads to search different reads, I was amazed at how many of those are driven by people who are struggling with anxiety and fear. And again, I'm not shaming anybody for that. I think it's amazing that you version is recognizing right now many people feel afraid. And so that's why we started with our psalm uh, reading this morning, Psalm 23, that the Lord is with us to remind us that we're not alone. And even though we walk through uncertain times, God is with us. If you're looking for a couple other psalms, it might be helpful to work your way through. Psalm 40 would be a good one. Psalm 46 As a staff, we've been praying together. We went through Psalm 42 and slowly worked our way through. And to work your way through, just do our our, uh, Psalm 23 passage. And that'll show you how to pray through a passage. But God's Word is powerful. Not only did they give exclusive reference to Scripture, but they also gave uh, attention to the fellowship. That means they chose community. And the reason we talk about the important thing of next step is taking uh, a step to choose community is because people rarely drift into community. In fact, I have found that we rarely drift into anything worthwhile, and certainly the evil one does not want you to intersect with God and intersect with God's people. 
That's why we still think it's highly important that we gather together uh, with those who are comfortable, gather together in small groups and encourage one another. Invite, uh, assuming we're uh, doing this again next week, that you invite your neighbor to come and to worship in your home uh, with us, that we come together and we don't neglect the power of community. They also gave attention to the breaking of bread. It's, that's, that phrase is uh, likely to mean the Lord's Supper, uh, the communion, but also it just means that they gathered together and they ate together. It's not limited just to communion, but that would be another amazing thing to do as a church small group is to experience communion together and to recognize the power and presence of Jesus with us. You see, what I have found and what I, I think is going to be true uh, from here on out is relationships change when people's feet come underneath the table. There's something about being around the table together and everybody is facing one another and leaning in towards one another. That's what happens in community, that we come together and we care for one another, that we don't isolate and insulate ourselves. The fourth thing they gave exclusivity to was to prayer. They heard from God. And that's the beauty of reading Scripture. That's the beauty of hanging out with other people uh, who are like-minded in following Jesus Christ is that God can use encouragement from other people, can use God's Word to do that uh, for conversations. But prayer is so important. I heard it put this way. Prayer abandons independence. Prayer forsakes any thought that you can make it on your own. And wow, does it not take... Uh, the COVID virus to make us realize that we are out of control and we have very little control over things. Prayer makes us recognize that we're dependent upon God. Prayer acknowledges our weakness. Prayer renounces assessments of capability. Prayer embraces the reality of failure and prayer tells you that you are not the center. Prayer calls us to abandon ourselves for a wiser plans of another, that which would be following Christ. They devoted themselves, their point of reference, their driving force over those four practices. I just think it's amazing that they did that. Now, the difference that I would like to talk about just for a moment before we close is what's so different about an authentic relationship? How do authentic relationships differ from just surface relationships that we can tend to hydroplane over? First of all, the reference point for authentic community for authentic relationships is Christ. Now, if you'll notice, many times now, the litmus test for relationship is how you vote or how you think or what party you uh, affiliate with. Uh, Agreement tends to be the litmus test for relationship, not in authentic relationships. Authentic relationships are centered around Jesus Christ, that he is the driver. That's what I think is amazing and sometimes has some tension, but amazing about the Nuka family is that we are a church that there are probably as many uh, left, right, left-thinking people as right-thinking people, as many Democrat as Republican. And I think that's beautiful as a church because what, what unifies New Cub, what unifies our small groups, what unifies us in our community is our love for Jesus Christ, and that is the one to whom we owe our allegiance. The authentic relationships also are not, the, the reference point is not just Christ, but they all, there's also something in authentic relationships, they just love differently. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love each other, and here's why, because he first loved us. 
It doesn't say we love each other because they agree with us. It says we love each other because God loved us first. Authentic relationships also engage differently. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, So encourage each other, build up each other, just as you are already doing. Encourage one another. Look for ways to build each other up. And when it says just as you're, as you're currently doing, it means just increase that. I've never met anybody who says, stop encouraging me. You're encouraging me way too much. We need to encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of us may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Think about this. When you're not encouraging someone or when someone is not encouraged, the tendency is to become hardened. But when come, people come alongside you and encourage you, it, it, it causes you to want to live out the best of what God, God has for you. And it says for us to be the aggressors, not to wait for community, but for us to pursue community, for us to choose community, for us to choose to encourage those around us. You and I can literally be the voice of hope. I heard it put this way. To the world, you may be only one person, but to one person, you may be the world. That comes from the great theologian, Dr. Seuss. So, my point is, is that in small groups, making a point to come alongside someone and to just to be a voice of encouragement, that may be the world to them. You have no idea what's going on in their lives. The people in your neighborhood, you may have no idea uh, how this season is affecting them. But as you're able to uh, come alongside neighbors and and breathe encouragement, to give them your name, your phone number, and say, I'd be glad to shop for you. I'd be glad to take care of you if you have needs. I would be glad to come alongside and help. That as New Cove, that we say people matter to God. And we look and say, where has God placed us? And how can God use us to be a breath of encouragement? Let me close with this one. Authentic community or authentic uh, relationships work out conflict differently. Anytime you get close to people, conflict will happen because you just see a messiness in other people. They see your messiness. But here's what I love about Colossians 3. As followers of Jesus Christ, that what unifies us is our walk with Jesus, is this, it says, Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's messiness. Give space, give grace. And then notice that it says, forgive anyone who offends you, not just a few. Forgive anyone who offends you. And then it says, to make sure you understand why, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That is the driving force, that we forgive as we've been forgiven. We offer grace as we've been offered grace. I like the way Christine Kane put it. She said, don't make what others did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. That's powerful. Don't make what others did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Make allowance for each other's faults. Offer space. Offer grace. Begin to believe the best. Forgive anyone who offends you. And then in verse 14, it says, above all, and again, that's kind of like when the professor says, ding, 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 this is important. This is going to be on the final exam. When you see the phrase, above all, you ought to, your clue bell ought to be going off. It says, above all, clothe yourselves, are you ready for this, with love. Clothe yourselves with love because love binds us all together in perfect harmony.
love binds us all together in perfect harmony, harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. I think one way that Satan can attack us is by convincing us that this world is all about us and, uh, and the universe, uh, and in the universe, we're the center of the universe and that the role of our friend is to be the president of our fan club. Well, that is not what Scripture teaches, is that Christ unifies us and we're to put the needs of others before ourselves. I guess one litmus test, if you're wondering, am, am I being egomyopic right now? I guess it would be to say, am I easily offended? Because typically when we're easily offended, we're viewing everything through the lens of how it affects me. In this season and here on out, but even particularly in this season uh, as New Cove, we're going to do everything we can to be the breath of Christ to others, to be the voice of Jesus, to do everything we can to, be, to come alongside and be amazing neighbors, to be encouragers for those that are in our small groups. Verse 16 of Colossians closes this way. It says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. And whatever you do, then do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Authentic relationships. Your next step is, or we would say in authentic relationships, your next step is to choose community, to choose to invest. And so what would be our response then? Our response is for us to choose community even now, that we would choose community. We have been created for community. And as part of New Cove, that's what we're going to do. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you. And Father, may we be single-minded. May, we, may our reference point be you. And may we be single-minded about staying engaged in Scripture, that we would stay engaged in, in, in community, that we would choose community, that we choose to invest in others. Father, I pray that you would help us to put our hope and trust in you, that we would celebrate together uh, with our small groups, that we would come alongside and breathe encouraging words to others. And Father, I pray that we would be the voice, the hand, the feet of Jesus to our neighbors and to our co-workers and to students that we come in contact with. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple things I want you to know. Uh, we do have... Uh, a, our next Bible reading is called Created for Community Lessons from Acts Chapter 2. And uh, that should be online. You should be able to see that. But that is another Bible reading in addition to what we've already uh, talked about. Uh, our giving has not changed other than you're able to give online or text to give. That information is also there. And uh, the needs of the church continue. And I have no doubt that we'll be generous in our reach out uh, in terms of finances. And then we've also talked about ways we can come alongside LPS. And uh, Lincoln Giving Tree is the, uh, the link that we gave you to. Lincoln Giving Tree is coming alongside uh, the Lincoln Public School System to help with uh, kids who just need extra help, families that are struggling. And so uh, that is a legitimate uh, operation. And many of us are already coming alongside them and uh, trying to reach out. Let me also encourage you, as I said earlier, to reach out to your neighbors. What a great way, if you're not sure what their name is, just for you to come with your name and your cell number and let them know you're happy to give them a call, especially those that are a little more 
uh, in the age uh, concerns that uh, the COVID virus seems to be a, a, uh, affecting, that you come alongside and that we are good neighbors. Um, I think that is all that I've got. Troy, uh, come on up, please, sir.